Welcome back, everyone. Jay Bone here for Smash This Podcast. Late on a Monday, got all these comments in here about the Nick Gage one. No spoilers. No spoilers. I have not watched it yet. I am looking forward to it, though, because there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff with Nick Gage going on right now. Uh, we'll talk about that just for a minute. Um, because uh, Chris Van Vliet, if you, if you guys don't watch the Chris Van Vliet interviews, you really should. You really, uh, as a wrestling fan or sports entertainment fan, whatever you whatever you call it, uh, you're really doing yourself a disservice by not listening to his interviews. He is, he really gets some good ones in there. He really does. Um, Mr. Fretz, what is up? Welcome. Um, but yeah, he just interviewed Nick Gage and there was just the Dick Gage, Dark Side of the Ring, and apparently Moxley attacked Nick Gage after a GCW show in Las Vegas. Just uh what Saturday Saturday night, I believe. Uh Front Row Bill was there from TNI. He was there. Um so I can't wait to hear any comments about that and see what, uh, hear what he saw there. So, um, yeah, a lot of little things going on in the world of Nick Gage. His name is really starting to get noticed. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that one. Um, I almost watched it today, but I wanted to rewatch this one and take a few notes on it before, um, I, uh, I jumped in here and started my reviews of season Three, Dark Side of the Ring. We're going to be covering episodes one and two. Um, just reading some chat here. Oh, uh, his, yeah, <laughs> I misread that. You guys are talking about Chris Van Vliet's interview with David Benoit, and I just... You know, your your brain plays tricks on you sometimes. Uh, I totally read that as Chris Benoit because we're talking about Dark Side of the Ring. And I was like, wait a minute. No, that's not what that says. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his interview with David Benoit is uh, very good. Uh, very eye-opening. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah, I get that, Mister Fretz. He says Gage is someone I have zero interest in. He's very lucky to be alive. You know, look, and, and that kind of wrestling is not everybody's cup of tea. I get that. I totally get that. It's it's not really my cup of tea too. I I very rarely watch stuff that violent. Uh, but he has a very cult hardcore audience, and um, it's growing. It really is. So, um, but yeah, so enough about Nick Gage. I'll get into that more when I watch and review um, that episode, hopefully within the next week. I'm going to try to stay on top of them 
if, even if it is like a couple of days later or whatever, um, I don't want to stray away too far um, because uh, I went on the Vice TV uh, website because I was like, man, I, yeah, I realized that I was going to have to make a new um, playlist for doing these reviews. And I, and I looked at my season two playlist and I was like, man, there's only like four episodes in there. And then I went on the I went on the website for Vice and realized I missed like over half of the episodes as far as reviews. And I was like, oh man. So do I think I'm ever going to go back and review them? Uh, I, I've watched them all. I just, for whatever reason, you know, if you've watched me for a long time, you know, sometimes I have to take breaks here and there. Um, and that could have been one of the times that I took a break is when season two was going on. Um, all great episodes. I will say that I, even if it was some about something that I wasn't very familiar with, these are all done very well. I will say that. But uh, thanks for joining me as we jump into this review. Don't forget, folks, to smash that like button, smash that sub button, ring that bell for notifications. If you're over on the Twitch, don't forget to, uh, you can share bits, you can sub, follow by all means, uh, gift subs, you can do all that stuff. So, um, Uh, Zach Bonner for holding it down for the Twitch audience. Much appreciated. The biography series uh, are are cool too. Yes, the biography episodes are great. I watched the Shawn Michaels one late last night. Uh, tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Between that one, the two dudes with attitudes special on the WWE Peacock, and the recent icons, I've watched so many docs recently, and I want to review them all, but now I'm just getting so far behind. I don't know how many I'm actually going to get to. I also watched um, RVD uh, icons. That was very well done. I I learned so much about him because I'm, I, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I have not watched a lot of ECW stuff, just clips and matches, you know, do, do I want to sit down sometime and from start to finish, watch the whole, you know, uh, ECW thing and hell yeah, I might even review it on here. Hell, I would even uh, bring in friends to do it if they were willing to, you know, sit with me and uh, review them. But, um, but the, but the RVD story is tremendous. It just made sense, especially after putting him in the Hall of Fame. It just was a damn shame that he couldn't... I know I'm getting off track here, but uh, it was just a damn shame that he couldn't have that Hall of Fame moment in front of an actual audience and not just a sound of an audience. You know? Um, very sad. So, But anyways... Uh, yeah, review what now? <laughs> We're all over the place. That's all right. It's, it's what we do here. We get off track a little bit, but, you know. It's... 
it's all good. You guys know me. All right. Um, Dark Side of the Ring, Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2. We had a double here, folks. We had a double. Um, The first episode hit YouTube, and then both episodes hit a week later as the season premiere together, like back-to-back, on Vice TV. Um, So I watched the first episode on YouTube and I really wanted to review it right after I watched it, but I was like, no, I need that part two because I'm just going to go nuts. Like, I don't want to like review it and then just, no, I don't want to do that. Um, so, but, but I like how they broke it up because they basically did, um, everything up to his WWE run and then his WD WWE run as short as it was, unfortunately, because it was shortly after that, that he passed away within the next what year, I believe, um, I'm pretty sure. Do I still have the Wikipedia up here? No, I do not. All right. I had it on my phone and I was kind of like slowly scrolling down it as the episode was going on just so I could like look at the timeline. It missed a couple, the show missed a couple things, but it's nothing like earth shattering that they missed. Um, Cause he went back and forth between companies a little more than the show explained. Um, but let's, let's start out here by saying um, who they had on the show was very well done. I will say that right off the bat. Boom. Opening of the episode, who do you see? Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's that's a seller right there. And considering he was with him for a majority of his wrestling career between WCW I'm not sure if they were in actually no. He they wouldn't have been in ECW together. I don't think they crossed paths there, but they did obviously cross paths later against each other in the WWF. Um but uh Stone Cold Steve Austin was there through a majority of it. So he seeing him right off the bat was great. You had uh his son, Brian Pillman Jr. Um his sister, Linda Pillman, um, and then his uh, his his daughters, Danny and I didn't write down the, the daughters' names. My, my apologies, but the two daughters were on there, <clears throat> um, and they're all from they're all from different mothers. That's the crazy part. Um, uh, Jim Cornette was a big part of this, and so was uh, Dave Meltzer, uh, uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s mother, the widow of Brian Pim- Pillman, Melanie Pillman, and, er- and Eric Bischoff played an interesting part in this too. I want to talk about Jim Cornette just for a minute. Um 
I know, and I know a lot of a lot of wrestling fans are very here's that word critical, very critical of Jim Cornette's opinions. And I've said this before. Look, I pretty much ignore him when he's on social media because he usually when he's talking about like you know someone points something out to him. Oh, look at this! What's your opinion on this? And then he just goes off on a rant, you know. And whether it's something we like. Or not, it's, it's besides the point. But uh, yeah, there he is, critical sting. He's, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Zach Bonifer. What what emote is that? Is that is that a Meltzer? Is that a Meltzer emote? Get out of here, man! <laughs> no, stay. That just cracked me up. Um, and uh, thanks for the. Uh, Bits, Bill's, uh, oh, Bill's beard. All right. To the bone. Yes, to the bone. Um, but yeah, Jim Cornette, when he's doing something like this, I'm all about it. He is an absolute wealth of information as far as going back into the archives of wrestling history and talking about stuff that he was connected with. I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, I'm absolutely fine with that. You know, um, is he controversial? Yes. Uh, does he, uh, does he cut on a lot of stuff from today? Yes. Some of it deserves to be cut on. Some of it doesn't, but, that's his opinion. He's from another time that we're not so familiar with, or some of us maybe are, you know, I mean, I am a fan of the old school stuff. It may get a little blurry at times, but, um, <laughs> yeah, the history of wrestling. Um, but yeah, just, uh, for content like this, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm a, this is when I am a fan of Jim Cornette. Now, do I appreciate him enough to listen to his podcast or no, just no. I'm, you know, unless he's talking about something that I'm like, if our opinions actually, you know, actually, you know, agree on if we, if we actually agree on something, I'd be curious to be like, Oh, this is what he said about this. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, I feel the same way, but most of the time outside of watching him in something like this, I just, no, I just, he's, he's not my cup of tea. So, um, but do I hate him? No, I just, you know, I, just, I can only take so much negativity in my life. And usually he's not very kind about a lot of things in professional wrestling. So, uh, yeah, Mark in the chat here says he's toxic to the community. Yeah, well, it's because he is so negative, you know. So, um, but like, you know, like I said, we're all allowed our opinions, you know. It's And he's got his because of where he came from. It was a different time, a different I mean, wrestling was 180, 180 degrees different back then from how it is now, you know, because of social media and so many other aspects. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, 
So, um, but Eric Bischoff, uh, he, he, it was interesting to hear his side of things. Um, and also, um, his coach, Kim Wood, was also uh, a big part of this, too. So if we go through the timeline here, um, it starts out by talking about when he was a kid and he had all these polyps that they had to keep removing from his throat. And it got to the point, uh, I guess, I guess when they discovered the polyps, I'm, I'm guessing, um, or maybe it was in the midst of having the polyps that I'm not quite sure. I'd have to go back and listen to see how they said it. It wasn't that clear to me, but, um, but they talked about him getting uh, a tracheotomy, like in like, like on his dining room table or kitchen table. Uh, that's crazy. You know, um, you don't hear about that stuff anymore. <clears throat> very rare, very rare. Um, but, uh, you know, saving his life so he could breathe. And then, um, like his sister said, what, between 30, over 40 surgeries or whatever it was, my God, I can't even imagine, you know, I mean, I had my tonsils out as a kid and that was back when it was old school not to be gross, but I got so sick. I got so unbelievably sick. I was in the hospital. They're like, oh, you can eat all the ice cream you want. No, man. I, and that was back, like, before they lasered them. Like, now they cauterize them or whatever they call, whatever they call it today. They cauterized them. Back then, when I was little, they didn't do that. No, they just snip and you just bled and bled and bled. And, um, I got so sick. I'm not going to say what my bed looked like after I got sick. Cause it basically looked like a Nick Gage match. It was horrible. It's like I was possessed or something. That's all I remember from that incident. And it's the most horrible memory from like any kid's youth. Um, it's God awful. So yeah. And anybody else who went through that, uh, who's even remotely close to my age. Maybe you, you've had some similar experience. I hope to God you didn't, but that was mine. Um, how the hell did we, Oh, talk about the polyps. Um, I can't even imagine, you know, going through that. Um, but you know, he, he, uh, it changed him and made him more charismatic as a kid. And, um, you know, it turned him into what he is, uh, what, what he became, as I almost said today, um, <laughs> uh, it, it turned him into, he, he used that voice and his charisma in his wrestling career. There, I spit it out. Um, joined the, uh, the Heart Dungeon after he did uh, some football. Cause he did, uh, he did some U.S. football, and then I think he did a season of uh, Canadian football, and that's how he ran into that that coach, uh, Kim Woods, because he used to be with the Bengals, and he just, I guess, it sounds like he stayed in touch with him throughout a majority of his majority of his career, as far as um, kind of like, look, I guess 
kind of like a mentor figure, I'm guessing. Um, I mean, obviously coach, you know, but um, almost uh, seemed like he had more of a life coach kind of a relationship with him, you know, as far as getting his opinion on what to do or whatever. Um, but yeah, Heart Dungeon, you know, so many iconic figures in professional wrestling came out of the Heart Dungeon. Uh, and I, I did not realize that Brian Pillman was one of them. You know, I should have known because he ended up being part of the Hart family, I think, for a little time, little period of time. I'm not positive. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw pictures of them together. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, so going from football to the Hart Dungeon, Stampede Wrestling up in Canada, and then uh, going from there, joining WCW and, and flying, you know, becoming the flying Brian Pillman. Um, and I, I think I vaguely remember watching him on TV when he was like as a single star. And I can't remember if it was at a friend's house because I know around this time, I, I'm i pretty sure I got away from wrestling by this time. It was like when I started high school in 88 is right around the time I kind of started getting away from wrestling. And then by like the end of high school, I had completely gotten away from it from what I remember. I mean, I still kind of knew what was going on, but I didn't watch it as much. Um, like, I think we still got the WrestleManias, but that was about it. But I used to watch a lot of WCW when I was real little. Um, you know, it was like more like the NWA slash WCW. But, um, but man, I could have swore I, I saw some Brian Pillman Jr. when I was, when I was little, or maybe it was, maybe it was a little later. I'm not sure, but I know, I know I saw it sometime back when I was well significantly younger, my God, um, teenager, I guess at that time, but, um, but they said his, uh, his run in those first, uh, like between 90 and 93 was really up and down because of all the different management changes that happened in the company at that time. And that's, Honestly, that is no different than what happens today. Look at what was just in the news recently after the Paul Heyman firing, and he was trying to get a certain group of characters or, you know, wrestlers on TV that he was backing. And then all of a sudden Heyman's fired, and and that whole group that he was trying to, you know, push on television, gone. Everybody just gone. And, or the push was gone, I should say. Um, but I was like, yeah, that's, you hear stuff like that. It's like, oh my God, it's like some things, like so much has changed in wrestling from back then to now. And then you hear stuff like this and I'm like, oh, but some things haven't changed at all, really, you know? And that's a perfect example of that. So, um, 
So yeah, those first several years in WCW were rough. And then he uh, got put with uh, Steve Austin in the Hollywood Blondes. And I think I vaguely remember that team back in the day. Very vaguely. Um, And, you know, and then years later seeing what Steve Austin became, completely forgot um, what his earlier run was with uh, Pillman completely forgot you know you're like oh my god is that that same guy and then you look at the old footage and you're like holy shit that is him um but yeah these and these guys had some success to the point that they even won the tag team titles and uh you know stone cold talking about their relationship together and how they came up with this and that and um and that was just just great stories um oh and then even starting out the episode uh before it got into the timeline of things the first thing they showed was stone cold holding that chain that gold chain you know because they wore the gold and then they had the silver vests and they're doing the camera thing you know the camera gimmick um that was cool that was cool showing that chain because it was just a little piece of something so special about that tag team that uh you know their their gimmick back then um uh hakeem fullerton here in the chat says brian pill pillman is uh, brian pillman is one of my favorites cool cool um Bell's boy says the Hollywood blondes were created because Eric Bischoff didn't think Austin uh, would cut it on his own. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that was briefly mentioned. Like they didn't, you know, have a plan for either one of them. So they made a tag team out of them. And, and that's something we still see today too. You know, you see this guy, you see that guy and you're like, Oh, Oh, this is, you know, Two, two good wrestlers, two singles, and all of a sudden, boom, made into a tag team. It's like, oh, how, why, why did that happen? And it's it's the same thing today. It's to put over other tag teams and or you just don't know what to do with them. Oh, well, we got two guys. Well, let's just stick them together for shits and giggles and see what happens. You see it all the time. Any, any, any number of companies does it still today. So, um, so the Hollywood blondes were around from like 90, what is it? 93, 94 ish. And then, uh, they talked about, uh, his first Pillman's first, uh, girlfriend who he started having kids with. Um, she created suicide because he ended up marrying uh, Melanie, and then that whole relationship and the depression and everything in the, 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 you know, Melanie getting catty with Rochelle and that whole relationship just went downhill so bad. Um, 
And that's, uh, I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. And then the one daughter talking about, uh, you know, her mom dying and then later her dad dying. And that's just, uh, it's too young for any of that to happen. Just it's horrible. Um, and I, I'd love to hear your opinions on the whole Melody thing. I know some people say that uh, Melody's just a horrible person. And, and I I don't know anything besides what I see here on TV. I know things have been said throughout the years in, in this source and that source. Um, it's It seems like, um, seems like Melody's got a lot of... Um, how should I say this? She's got a lot of ghosts in her closet. And uh, I mean, but the and not to skip ahead too far, but it does seem like um, Brian Pillman Jr. reconnecting with his mom and fixing that relationship certainly is a positive thing. Um, and it's and I get it. I totally get it um, because I've I've been on the outs with my mom here and there when she was alive and on her deathbed, I, uh, I forgave her for everything that happened in the past. And I knew I, if I didn't do that, I'd be stuck with that for the rest of my life. And that's not something you want to be stuck with. And, um, so I, I get that, you know, I get that. You're, you know, unless unless your parents are so abusive and then you just walk away for life. That's that's another story. But um, but it sounded like he had a that Brian Pillman Jr. had a pretty pretty uh, pretty rough upbringing with everything between losing his dad and then everything that happened afterwards. Um. But I'm getting too far ahead here. So, okay, so Rochelle's suicide happens, and that really sends uh, Brian Pillman into kind of a downward spiral, throws himself into his work, and kind of creates a new character called the Loose Cannon. And it's created soon after... I guess you could say soon after the uh, Hollywood blondes broke up, because obviously he's trying to get over. He's trying to create something new. Um, And then soon after uh, they talk about the whole, he's um, he's trying to earn money. And he wants to get paid, but Eric Bischoff can't pay him any more than a certain amount. So then there's a time period where uh, he, he's trying to get as noticed as much as po- he's trying to get noticed as much as possible. Talks about him going to ECW and that whole really, really breaking out the loose cannon, uh, you know, that gimmick. And then, but it, it sounded like he was actually living it as well, you know, similar to like a, a Ric Flair deal, only different. Um, and it was interesting how they actually had Ric Flair in this as well, because they used to run together, you know, in the early days of 
you know, being together in WCW. So that was interesting. Um, you know, partying and everything. Kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. Man, I can only imagine Ric Flair sitting next to a young Brian Pillman and just teaching him all these horrible things to do to women on the road. You know, <laughs> the whole love them and leave them. Uh, Lakers, what's up, man? Oh, uh, Booker, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, there was that too. Um, I love the part where he's, uh, where he's really getting into the loose cannon part and it shows him messing with Heenan as he's trying to get, a, it looks like he's trying to get away from someone in the ring. So he was hiding behind Heenan and he grabbed his coat, but, but Heenan had like a neck brace or something. He had neck surgery. So he's like, you you know, weren't supposed to touch him, but he touched them. Um, and so Heenan got pissed off, dropped the F bomb on live TV and then, walked off and um man that's uh (laughs) that's that's heavy right there that's (laughs) i mean for that time you know it's like oh my god what's going on and the whole uh you know calling sullivan booker man and like they said it's like you know anybody watching that would been like all right what the hell is a booker man you know anybody who doesn't know wanted to know and had to find out well, you found out. That's what it meant. Um, Bell's boy, what's up, man? Says, I remember when Pillman, uh, when he started his loose cannon persona, he damn near assaulted Bobby Heenan by the neck, which caused uh, Bobby to cuss live on air. He was wrestling Eddie Guerrero. Oh, man. That's that's crazy. I now now I want to see that match. And and not because of the Heenan thing. I saw the Heenan thing on TV. I want to see the match because I could only imagine how good that was. And that was before the injury. Uh, let's get into that though. Okay, so he goes from WCW with the loose cannon gimmick. And the whole thing about the discussion with Eric Bischoff is like I had to watch it back a couple times this conversation because it was a little confusing about how, you know, people were, didn't know if it was, if he worked Eric Bischoff or Eric Bischoff and him worked together on this. People seem to think that um, Pillman worked Eric Bischoff, excuse me. People seem to think that Pillman worked Bischoff. But from what it sounds like, Bischoff, you know, and maybe Bischoff is just covering this up because he doesn't want to seem like he got, you know, punked or whatever by Pillman. Um, So maybe that's him protecting himself. But the way Eric Bischoff says... He and Pillman created this whole thing together. So believe what you want to believe. You know, I'm just kind of taking it as face value for less like, I'm not, I don't want to overthink it, <clears throat> but it's, it's a tremendous story. It really is. And what's interesting is on the RVD icons, something very, 
similar happens with RVD with RVD going back and forth between ECW and WWF at the time. That is very interesting in the late nineties. Very interesting. I was like, wow. So Pillman's not the only person that did this. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> similar, but different. Um, so, uh, I've seen all these comments in there. And so obviously, yeah, a bunch of you watched this too. That's great to see. Um, so yeah, ECW 1995 showing up with the loose cannon gimmick and just, man, it just looked like he was blowing people's minds with this. And with that hardcore audience, man, I, I, I'm, I really want to go back and watch some of that. Unfortunately, not all the ECW stuff is on the Peacock right now. A lot of the pay-per-views are, but the hardcore TV stuff back from the 90s, not all that's on there yet. Hopefully, in the next couple months, it'll be on there. Because, man, I want to watch some of that. Um, I don't know when I'm going to, but... It is on my to-do list. Like, I think within the next few months, I really want to start doing the whole ECW thing, depending on when stuff hits Peacock. But, um, you know, as long as it gets on there. Because, I mean, stuff is, they are putting more and more stuff on there, which is good to see. Especially, like I said, that uh, that the, the Two Dudes with Attitudes uh, documentary about Shawn Michaels and Diesel, Kevin Nash great stuff it really is that's that one's a lot of fun um you know and it's all stuff that i'm learning about that time because i wasn't watching it at that time so it's just it's just me learning about more stuff from like you know the attitude era or just before the attitude era you know great stuff good story i highly recommend it if you're if you're, uh, as Mark says, on that cock, if, you're, if you've are you got the peacock for uh, WWE, go watch that Two Dudes with Attitude special. In fact, they even just put out some merch for that, too. So they're really behind that. Um, so, yeah, ECW, 1995. He's not there very long. He's there, like, less than a year. And then... Um, He's in the process of going to the WWE, like, you know, right kind of right between things, you know, almost. And uh, he gets in that Hummer wreck and ends up, uh, what would they say in the conversation that they played the audio? He flew like 50 feet from the, from the Hummer. And ended up in some other person's windshield, like, and shattered his ankle and ended up with a neck brace. And oh my God. I mean, how do you live through something like that? It's, I mean, that sounds like something that should have killed him instantly. That's insane. Um, <laughs> Pell's boy brings up uh, Pillman wrestling the pencil. Yeah, that is pretty funny pretty funny um 
Uh, Rob's Voice 71 says, I watched the ECW Hardcore TV on Sports Channel Philadelphia um, back in 1995. Great stuff. Oh, man, I can only imagine. Can only imagine. See, like I was... I wasn't even watching wrestling at that time. So I had no clue any of that stuff was going on. I, I, I came back to wrestling late nineties and all I watched was WCW because everyone I watched as a little boy was on that show. So, um, yeah, it's another piece of wrestling history. I want to catch up on, uh, someday. Right. But yeah, that Hummer wreck, my God, that's crazy. He was in a coma. Now, it doesn't, I read this on Wikipedia. Of course, now you got to sometimes take Wikipedia with a grain of salt, depending on what you're looking at. But it said, and I don't, I don't think it's said on the documentary here, but he was in a coma for a week. He was in a coma for a week, woke up, and, you know, and had the, the broken neck or whatever, um, shattered leg. He had that pin sticking out of his his uh, his lower leg. I mean, my God, that's crazy. That's just crazy right there. Um, I can't even imagine. And what's even more crazy is he signed a deal with the WWF in 1996 in that condition. Unbelievable. I mean, they really took a chance on him. I mean, nobody, no company today would take a chance on anyone like that today. Never. Never. I mean, I've heard about like hot indie characters and then they end up, end up, uh, having like a, like an old injury or something and it keeps them from getting signed. So no one like that is getting, no one today is getting signed like that. But back then they took a chance on them just because they thought they could do something else with them. And they had him on commentary. They had him on crutches, cutting promos. They did, uh, um, the angle, now this is interesting. Now, I was sitting next to my wife tonight and I was asking her about this because she watched a lot of wrestling while I wasn't watching wrestling. Okay. She watched all this stuff. And I was like, Do you remember this? You know, the whole um, Steve Austin, Pillman, uh, loose cannon, you know, loaded gun, or, you know, The, the home invasion angle that they did. I'm like, do you remember that? She goes, she goes, yeah. And then they, they talked about it being uh, so controversial that they had to apologize for the gun thing the next week. And I, and I, and I said to, I said to Tracy, I said, I said, um, I said, did you watch this stuff back then? She goes, yeah. I said, what did you think of it? I'm like, did you think it was, did you think it was too much? Did you think they should have apologized? She goes, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was like, ah, <laughs> like, oh, that's my wife. 
I gotta love her. Um, so yeah, you know, she, uh, she, she wasn't one of those people that was like, Oh my God, call, call the sponsors. This, I mean, that's, that's what the spots, you know, you piss off the sponsors, you lose your sponsors, you lose your sponsors. No one wants to advertise during your show and boom, you lose your show. You lose your spot. So of course you got to apologize for shit like that. Because somebody does something and it snowballs from there. We've seen that more than once throughout wrestling history. Um, but yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and then very shortly after that, he's uh, he starts wrestling again, but he's he's not healthy. Uh, Melanie talks about him still. Um, wrecking uh, rental cars because he's passing out behind the wheel. He's too pilled up between muscle relaxers and pain stuff. Um, So sad. So sad. And that's, I'm sure that in part of just uh, an unhealthy heart which you could throw anything in that conversation between the drugs uh heart history and the family you just ball it all together in one big pile of horrible you know um yeah you know, and that's that's something that runs in my family too and my dad's family so i gotta you know, watch it every once in a while. My doc's like, hey, you got to watch your cholesterol. Okay. All right. But damn, pizza is so good. You know, <laughs> got to watch that. Um, you know, and even, you know, the whole pills thing, it's like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to be on stuff you know for for pain relief for my back for the rest of my life and it's it scares me it does um so i know i can't overdo it no matter how bad my back gets you know i mean i got good days with my back and bad days with my back so i totally get the whole you know um you gotta take pain meds even though you don't want to you just gotta be careful with how much you know um but that even that has changed so much in the last 10 years. I mean, back when I had my first surgeries 10 years ago now, which is really hard to think of it as being 10 years ago now. It's crazy. Man, my doctor gave me like a bottle almost as big as this full of oxys. They don't do that today. You can't even get oxys now. And if you do, you get like 10 of them in a bottle. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's tragic what happened to him, but it's also very um, eye-opening as to what was really happening at that time, you know? It, had they been more lenient with things like uh, marijuana and things like that, then maybe these, you know, pill incidents wouldn't have blown up. Um, 
you know, marijuana is so misunderstood. I mean, obviously it can, it can wreck you, but it can also really help you. You know, it just depends on how you do, you know, how much you do it, you know, um, you know, if you take it medicinally, God bless you, you know, and I know a lot of people that do, and I've known people that did it to the point where, uh, they were just gone, completely gone as individuals, you know, and that's sad. And that's sad. Um, obviously that's a case of overdoing it, but, um, so very sad with the death of, uh, Brian Pillman and how that happened tragic and, uh, even more crazy what happened with, uh, Melody putting Melody on WWF TV, uh, right after he died that, that I didn't dig that. That was, uh, that wasn't right. Um, and hearing what they did with that, that just, uh, not cool. Not cool. Um, in my opinion, not cool, you know, to pop a rating for stuff like that. That's not cool. But, and then it goes from there, uh, switching gears, talking about his son, you know, who had a conversation with Stone Cold. Stone Cold had one of Brian Pillman's old weight belts, gave that to Brian Pillman Jr. And Brian Pillman Jr. took that as a sign. He started training and he's really turned into a great, great talent. He and Griff Garrison, if you do not know, are tearing it up in AEW. And oddly enough, in a couple days, in when on Wednesday, um, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison are going for the AEW Tag Team Champions. Uh, championships, excuse me. Uh, they're, they're wrestling the Young Bucks. So um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting Brian Pillman Jr. when they were in town here, not too far from here, uh, back in uh, summer of 2019 with uh, MLW. And um, back when he was running with uh, the, <laughs> that version of the Hart Foundation with Teddy Hart and, um, um, oh, God, what the hell is his name? Um, Harry Smith. Um, damn. <laughs> Smith Jr., whatever. I can't think of his name. Um you know who I'm talking about. And, um, hey, none of them are with MLW anymore. But um, that run was fun. I enjoyed that a lot. I got to meet them during that and got a picture with them. And uh, Harry Smith Jr. It is Harry Smith Jr. Okay. Yeah, I just did that didn't sound right when I said it. Um, or Davy Boy Smith Jr. Yes, there we go. That's that's more what I call them. But anyways, um, but yeah, and we're not going to get into the whole Teddy thing. That's not, a, that's not the time 
right time, the right place for this. Um, but even the short period of time that I got to spend that day with Brian Pillman Jr., I could tell that he was uh, a good guy, you know, treated his fans nice. And um, made, made, made a fan out of me because I, I believe, I believe during that set of tapings, he wrestled Hammerstone for what was to be the new, oh shoot, what, I'm trying to remember what title Hammerstone won. And I don't know if he still has it. I don't think he does, but um, uh, it was like a it was like a mid mid card title, uh, kind of like their intercontinental championship. Uh, can't remember what it's called, but it was Hammerstone versus Brian Pillman Jr. And uh, they put on a hell of a match, you know, and that really made me a fan of his. Um, oh, the the national title, yeah. Oh, he still has it? Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. He's had it for like almost two years now. Wow, that's wild. Um, tell he's a good guy when you hear how he treats his family. Yeah, you know, it shows that he's getting together with his uh, his aunt, you know, and his sisters, and they're taking that time out, you know, and he's building a relationship with his mother again. Um, yeah. Oh, Mark throwing shade. Mark throwing shade. It's called the MLW. No one cares about these meaningless titles. Oh, that's so mean, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, just a really well. It, uh, it, watching both these parts just reminds me. Um, number one, how much I miss the series. Number two, and how well these are shot and put together. Um, I can't wait to watch the Nick Gage one just because there's so much stuff going on with him right now. Uh, I can't wait to, because, I mean, I've seen matches of his, and I've seen a couple of clips of interviews and stuff, but it'll be great to, like, see, because this interview he does with Chris Van Vliet is like an hour and a half long or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God. They must really dive into the shit. So, uh, I can't wait to hear how he is with that and how he is with Chris and just how he comes across. Cause usually when he's on camera, dude, he is just 200% in your face, you know, no fucks given, um, crazy. So, um, but yeah, if you have not watched dark side of the ring, season three, episodes one and two, the Brian Pillman story, um, highly recommend it. Um, I learned so much about someone who is so he's not talked about enough i don't think i mean he's really iconic um if you want to get some if you watch his special and it inspires you i'm i'm glad i maybe not the proper way to put this but i pulled the trigger the other day i <laughs> i uh i bought the brian pillman micro brawler off of pro wrestling tees when they ran that special for the week i i literally did it down to the last minute I, and i i ordered it and it's coming later this year so i'm glad i did 
And then just days later, they dropped the special on the RVD Sandman and Sabu Micro Brawler three pack. And I'm like, killing me. Just killing me. Because <laughs> I was like, that. And then on a, almost a simultaneously is when New Jack passes away. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, too much. That's too much. Um, but yeah, if you want to get some uh, brand new hot Brian Pillman merch, go to Pro Wrestling Tees. He's got a store on there for the first time. It coincides with Dark Side of the Ring. But um, there's about, uh, about, about three, four classic-looking tees on there for uh, you know the loose cannon. And also, um, I think there's even a Stone Cold Brian Pillman shirt with a Hollywood Blonde. So, hey, if you're a fan of the Hollywood Blondes, they got a shirt on there for that, too. Um, and in the same conversation of pro wrestling tees, um, I did find out that there is a GoFundMe uh, for uh, Jerome Young, you know, New Jack who passed away, um, you can uh, go to New Jack's socials. It's shared on there. And Pro Wrestling Tees now has New Jack Tees, and apparently 100% of the proceeds goes straight to the family. So, um, hey, you want to get some cool New Jack merch? If you're a fan of him, you want to help support the family going through an unbelievable amount of stress right now going through what they're going through right now with the loss of new Jack, um, get a t-shirt, you know, you know, or, or share the link for the t-shirt. If you can't give, if you can't buy a t-shirt or share the link for the, um, uh, the GoFundMe, you know, just do your part, you know, because uh, I know a lot of people are doing that. So, Um, so yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much for joining me on this. Uh, can't wait for the rest of the season to roll out. Cause it, it sounds like it's just going to be a crazy good season between ultimate warrior, Nick Gage, so many other things, uh, coming up. I can't even, uh, remember what I all saw on the list, but, uh, most of it, I, I saw and most of it I recognized. I mean, there's a few things on there I wasn't familiar with, but um, just the way these are all done, it's all so well done. So you know what to do on your way out of here. Smash that like button, smash that sub button, ring that bell for notifications. Why? So that you know when more of my content hits your screen. The merch link is also in the description. Get yourself some fresh uh stp merch you got tees you got hoodies you got tanks you got mugs you got buttons you got bone down oh i don't have a bone well you got caps you got bandanas or bone danas uh and also a new way to help the podcast is buy me a coffee forward slash smash this pod the link is in the description and 100 of that comes directly to me. It's not like where you donate something on another site and only a portion goes to 
who you're trying to give money to. So if you want to help support the show, that's a great uh, way to do it as well. So, yes, Time Machine Tuesday, tomorrow night, we're doing numbers, NWA, what is it, Mark says, 69. We're doing 669. We're doing episode 69. Quite the crazy uh, time in NWA TNA right now. So uh, join us for that overnight other little podcast called Total Nonstop Impact. Impact talk for Impact fans. We'll see y'all manana. Have a good rest of your night, y'all. We'll see you later. Bye.